now say now you're tuned in to the wake up and win podcast and i am your host devon pouncey we are here live at the momentum studios in rip city rip city city <laughs> rip city <laughs> i got spencer shea in the building yo back at it again and d-boy decided to slide through today yes he did how you feeling oh, i'm good man. how both I'm of you up. feeling for that matter. Man, I'm good, man. Shout out to Sexy Red. Ski you. Oh, is that what Fat Joe said? At the, oh, at the that's Awards. the kind of day we finna have, huh? Okay. They've been killing Fat Joe online for calling hey, the song himself, Ski You. Yeah. He Hottest song in the world, Ski You. Hottest song on the universe. Ski You, says Fat Joe. Not Ski Ye, but Ski You. Yeah, that's wow. funny. That's funny. Um, Wind shares. We got big wind shares this weekend, starting Friday night tonight. We will be at Lulu Bar, 10 p.m. until late. The weekend will be loaded, but y'all know we'd like to kick it off at Lulu's on Friday night. R&B, Neo Soul, big vibes, big vibes. Spencer, you came out to Lulu last weekend oh, yeah, it was for hard. your first time in a while. I've you... been there in a minute. Yeah. yeah, it was tight. I ran into a couple of friends I haven't seen in a minute. I didn't realize that, you know, the buzz is kind of buzzing for you there. So yeah, it's a good spot. Because Lulu Fridays, that didn't used to be Lulu Fridays. No, it did not. Now no, it did not. It's Lulu Friday. It's Lulu Friday. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Nah, man. And appreciate everybody that continues to pull up. Appreciate everybody that shows love when I'm there. I've definitely been able to meet a bunch of new people who are now uh, recurring attendees on Lulu Friday nights. Um, they pull back up. And, and again, man, R&B, Neo Soul, it's a hard vibe, vibe to beat. It's a hard vibe to beat. In fact, uh, I would have to look it up again, but I saw something recently. And they've been talking about this year how hip-hop sales are down. Yeah, I've seen this. It's there, that hip-hop sales are down, like, I want to say 40%. I have to look I mean, exactly. that's a number being floated around, but we don't have any Yeah, for sure. I'm that. just saying what the, what the reports are right, saying. Right. This is all reports. I, I could be wrong. Um, but I have also seen other reports that says that R&B sales and streams are up, which is a beautiful thing to hear for me. Again, I'm, I'm somebody who's advocated for R&B for quite some time, but at one particular point in time, for a, a pretty significant stretch there, there was a lot of conversations about R&B being dead. And so, uh, you know, I'm glad to see it back on the up and up. And you certainly can feel those vibes when we are at Lulu's on Fridays because I'm, I'm playing the hottest R&B, old and new. Uh, you know, I like to – you can always rely on the classics. You know, everybody loves the classics. I, I did it a couple Saturdays ago, and when I tell you it turned into a straight-up sing-along concert in the building i cut the music and just let everybody in the building just sing and it was it was a crazy moment in there but the new slaps are slapping <laughs> and i think that those numbers are forcing real rap to come back what do y'all think about that first Tell shout me more. out to r&b for because sure i'm happy about that but i think it's been a 10-year narrative now of us talking about mumble rap and, yeah. and rap without substance and i think We've got to a place and a point, and even the kids from five and eight and ten years ago, they've grown up now, and I think it's different times where that sound and that thing has now disintegrated and people are appreciating content and real rap again. And I think that is a good place for real music. rappers to be and music at, at, you, at large. You, dude, you know what, man? I'll tell you this, though. I saw Megan The Stallion's freestyle that she... Yeah, uh, well, leakers. Uh, leakers. Was it the leakers? Yeah, it leakers. Was the leakers. And she obviously is just killer, right? And I think that, and I'm not trying to denigrate any other female rappers out there because there's a lot of really good ones. But when I heard that freestyle, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, she's she's the best female rapper in the yeah, game. She's an MC for sure, and a legitimate MC. Yeah, yes. not just a sex symbol. And, she's and, a legitimate and I think that MC. There was a period where I, you know, it was just an influx of. Oh, let's just kick raps, kick raps. And I think a lot of people got tired of that pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, the women are rapping, the men are rapping. As you see, even in the standout, and we'll get to it, I'm sure, with the Drake Project, but even the standout song that I keep seeing posted is the J. Cole, the first day shooter or whatever. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, what yeah. I'm seeing circulate. And again, out of all of that music he gave us, damn near 20 songs, the real rap is the one that's... This is on top right now as right. far as what I'm seeing the consumption wise. So I think that those numbers are forcing 
forcing a good hand in music well, right I mean, now. Also, and, I'm and then there's it. like, you know, a lot of these R&B artists of today are so multi-talented, yes. multifaceted. Yes. They can right. rap too. Yes. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I mean, say what you want about Doja Cat, but it's like, she is, she's, she's the got, best in my opinion. She's, she's got, she's a hit maker all. and has it all. She can this, rap, she can <laughs> sing, well, she makes music. I mean, Megan does the same thing, but at the same time, it's like... For my consumption, I, I think that's my favorite female artist at the moment. Doja? Well, well I think, I think R&B actually took a, a page out of hip-hop's book in a lot of ways. Um, you had sort of like that neo-soul era that crossed genres in a lot of ways, but I think now it's even more elevated because now R&B is going a lot more sample based when it comes to hip hop records. We know hip hop has sampled you can I mean you hip hop has sampled all kind of music from a production standpoint of different genres. You put a, a, a 808 and a and a crazy bass drum to a crazy sample and then spit some fuego over it and it's done a, well. You got yourself a hit. You got yourself <laughs> a hit. That's kind of been a formula within hip hop where what I'm seeing is with R&B you're starting to see more of that take place. You got the Oh My Mama record, for example, mm -hmm. by Victoria Monet, which is like one of the hottest R&B records out right now. But right. at one point in time, R&B, I think, was a little too prideful in terms of the willingness to sample other music because how soulful R&B has always been as a genre. So you wanted the music to be original. You wanted the music to be from the soul. And while that was great, it might not have particularly translated to sales as well to where now when you sample and you you weave that in with the soulfulness and, and all of the great things that, that yeah. basically create the elements of R&B, now other genres or fans of other genres, listeners of other genres, consumers of, of other genres are willing to give R&B a bit more of a chance. And I think we're kind of seeing that right now. Yeah, basically, in, in, in easier terms, I think that the evolution of the sound of R&B, where it is right now, is at a good place. Agreed. And for a minute, it was a lot of comparison to... Oh, this ain't Keith Sweat and this ain't like yeah, yeah, the yeah. old nineties and you know, R and B and it's like we ain't gonna get that again probably. No. But we are getting this new reinvented R and B sound that is is a hit and it's a lot of good hit makers doing it. Yeah, I mean R and B has traditionally been the music that you listen to when your mom makes you clean on Saturday. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like it's old. It's older music, or or relationship or it, wise. Let's talk. Oh, sure, you know, sure. what I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Feelings, that relationship. Yeah. And again, that's but where rappers are making that it. music now. Like a bunch sure. of whack rappers are making crybaby music now. So it's like, <laughs> I wouldn't call it crybaby. I'm well, talking I mean, about that more real emo music. Yeah, I'm I talking about that real. Same, in, I mean, more thing. on some intimate like. When you compared R and B, you used to really wanted that Joe to see damn near cry like yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean, yeah, not yeah. emo from where, the from her, the pit of your yeah, gut. Not new age emo. I'm talking about that yeah. real love emo. You feel me? And so that Mary for J. a minute, yeah, we, that, the R and B wasn't given that. Emo. But again, now the evolution of R and B, wherever it's at yeah. right now, it's at a good spot where the music is good. No matter what Phil is giving you, the R and B music is good, and the numbers are speaking. And which is why you should all pull up Lulu Fridays, oh, 10 yeah, p.m. Yeah, we're still in wind shares. We're still in wind shares right now. Hey, but we take it wherever we want to go. And you should go to Lulu this Friday because I will be there. Um, Saturday, we got a loaded Saturday, um, at least for right now. What I know of, I'll be at brunch from 11 to 2 at Mermosa. Jetting it straight from Mermosa, heading to Pacific University. It's homecoming. Playing against Lewis and Clark, 4 p.m. kickoff. I'll be on the call, of course, doing play-by-play -play there. And, uh, you know, it should be a victory for the boxers against Lewis and Clark. That's what I'm hoping for, one of the, one of the places I can be biased because I'm a boxer alum myself. It'll be on GoBoxers.com per usual. It will also be on Coin6. So if you're here locally in Portland, you got cable TV, you can tune in on Coin6, and I will be on the call at 4 p.m., Go Boxers yet again. And then Sunday, we added all day DJing, starting at brunch at Mermosa from 11 to 3. And then we'll head straight from there to Bible Club from 3.30 until we feel like being done. <laughs> um, but at least until 6.30. But we tend to, you know, take a break and go late. It's kind of what it's been around there. So a lot for you this weekend. Um, I got one more win share that I can't share. It'll be shared next week. <laughs> But that's it. That's, that's it. it. That's but, it. But what I will say is, Rip City, I am one of you. Take what you will from that. 
Next week, I'll announce exactly what the win share is. Starting point but guard. Certainly got, good, <laughs> certainly, <laughs> certainly got some good news on the horizon there. Um, I'm excited about it. But, again, it hasn't been announced pu- publicly yet. So, until it gets announced publicly, we will then kind of obviously bring it over here and talk about it right here on this very platform. Spencer. Yeah. You're outdueling me right now. Say what? Your team is outdueling my team right now. WNBA, that's what we're kicking it off oh, with today. Yeah. The WNBA finals, uh, the Las Vegas Aces are up 2-0 in that series. They took care of home, did what they were supposed to do, okay. have yet to lose a game this entire postseason. That's what I want to talk to That's the thing. Um, they're obviously facing off against the New York Liberty, who I've been – an advocate for this season and have picked them to win the championship this year. Spencer, you picked the aces to repeat. Um, Obviously the Liberty and and both matchups during the regular season beat the Las Vegas aces. But now again, the aces who had the best record in the WNBA still in the regular season are the higher seeded team took care of home. Now the Liberty are on the ropes. They got to win three straight because it's not a seven-game series in the W. It's only five. They do get the next two games at home, though, obviously, wanting to take care of the house and send it to a game five where anything can happen, but it would be back in Las Vegas. The Liberty are struggling. The Aces look like they've been here before. (laughs) Yeah, they look like this is old hat to them. And honestly, keep in mind, that they're doing this with a limited rotation compared to the Liberty. Uh, We talked about depth throughout this entire season, which wasn't a problem for the aces at the beginning of the year when they got uh, ex MVP Candace Parker on their team who hasn't even played in months. And so, yeah, they, they are doing that on a limited uh, rotation limited, but they still have, Everybody that was on that championship team. Well, I'm a hold on now, but you can't double back now because we on. The I'm not doubling back. I'm not doubling back. I just wouldn't call deeper team. I'm not doubling back. I'm just not calling that rotation limited with the fact that they have they brought their whole team back and Candace basically was just an addition. I hear what you're saying. So I wouldn't call it limited. I would just say, like I said before, they're playing like they've been here before. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing bad, obviously, I could say about them because they've been routing the Liberty right. at home. I mean, I think – and when I say they look like they've been here before, obviously Asia's going to do what she's going to do. But what's been more glaring in terms of the advantage for the Aces has been the backcourt play. Their backcourt play is right. absolutely – annihilating Chelsea, the Liberty's right? backcourt. And so that's where you have, you know, the, the the biggest separation or the biggest advantage, I would say, in favor of the Aces right now because obviously the Liberty still got Stewie in the front court, who certainly hasn't played Asia Wilson, outplayed Asia Wilson yet in Not the series. But she sight. always but she also has John Quell Jones who, who balled out last well. night and who has been playing well. But to me, what's been separating the Aces thus far has been sort of that trio of uh, Chelsea Gray, Kelsey Plum, and Jackie Young in comparison to, you know, Vandersloot, Inescu. They're struggling over there. Johannes. It's been been light years of a difference (sighs) in the backcourt in favor of the Aces. And this is where it is, too. It's like, you know, coming into this series, you said, okay, well, Sabrina's definitely going to get hers. And she has not played well, first off. And and that's that's fine. Honestly, that I'm not necessarily worried about because going into New York, that has been an unbelievable place for them to play in Barclays for the entire year. As you mentioned earlier, they beat the Aces during the regular season in that very building pretty yeah. convincingly, too, which made you think that this was going to be a, a little bit more of a competitive series going in than it's been. But my concern, bro, is how when you look at first off, when you come into playoff basketball, especially finals basketball in any league, the game is supposed to slow down. But apparently nobody told the aces that because they are just running and gunning. Yeah. And they're doing what they do. And they're doing what they do. And it's also to the to the detriment of that uh, that backcourt for uh, the Liberty, because it seems like every time Sabrina's out at the perimeter guarding, you know, the point of contact and guarding the ball everyone is licking their chops going, well, we're just going to take it right at her chest. And it's been successful. Very, very successful. They hung hung 100-plus points on them against a team that is offensively dynamite. And so my 
I, I, honestly, bro, I'm going to give the Liberty a game. I got to give them game three just by virtue of the nature of the series. But I just do not see this one going to five at this point because you just got way too much ism. Uh, Chelsea Gray, that pass that Chelsea Gray made, uh, some I think it was the third quarter, that's the best pass that I've seen a basketball player make in like a couple <laughs> of years now. Chelsea, the point guard. That that was seriously, the way that she was carving that defense up, I, it was just all bad. They ended up coming back here in the first half, yeah. cut it to eight after like a 25 or so point deficit, and then the third quarter opened back up, and within five minutes, it was like, this one's over. <laughs> and I just don't see what the, the Liberty can do to <sighs> Work that it's gonna take momentum honestly because i can't say they're better right now but i can say that sabrina is a sort of streaky in a sense especially because she's a shooter first i do think part of the problem as to why she's not able to get to that shot is because they're actually taking away the three from her because yeah. she's absolutely lethal from there and she's not putting her head down and getting to the rack right and i don't know if it's because she wants to get the shot off. She's looking for the jump shot first and hunting that. She's also got to deal with putting it down and, and facing off against the defensive, the best defensive player in the WNBA and Asia Wilson. Yeah. So good luck getting to the rim and finishing over the top of her, around her, whatever the case may be. But I think she, but because of that, it's shown that she's mentally not as aggressive. And as you and as you mentioned, the aces have sort of like salivated yeah. on that because they know they're gonna keep getting downhill. They now see that you're not playing aggressive and you're more so playing on your heels a bit, and they just continue to attack, 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 and come at you. And obviously they're so good of a team, they're getting it done. I mean, this is the backcourt different the difference. In the first two games, Young, Plum, and Gray have scored a, combi a combined 133 points. Inescu, Sloot, and Laney have scored a combined 59 points. Oh, my God. The guard play has just that been is, different. Terrible. <laughs> I mean, that is terrible. And it's worse when you look every time out. The facial expression yeah. on the Liberty bench is yeah. just like, why are we even here, here right, right now? Yeah, it's yeah, they're running and gunning. But like I said, you win one, obviously you let that momentum roll yeah. over into a game four at home. The Liberty, the Liberty are really good at home, and they definitely bring out a good home crowd in New York well, of all markets. So well, I mean, I we'll agree. see if that translates to the on the court production because I certainly feel like the Aces, who also has a great fan base, being that they're in Las Vegas, have been able to feed off the energy of that arena. Well, yeah, I mean, and we talked about it during the game, you and I, um, and you made a good point of how Jonquel Jones basically brought them back single handedly, yeah, by just pounding the paint, being there. She's she, on both ends of the floor too, by the way. It needs to be noted that she had a couple of really great defensive stands against Asia Wilson, where she's blocking her twice in the same possession, and so when, killed the offensive I mean, glass. And, and so when you see that, you say, okay, well then just play inside out basketball. That's a lot easier said than done. Yeah, obviously, when but, you got a presence like Asia Wilson right, down there, right? But <laughs> but I do believe that they that the liberty are a better half court team and if they can if they can play inside out basketball come That's out the only early, advantage they have come out early and just and just beat them in the half court yeah then we have a completely different series on our hands but For that's sure. something that they're going to need to travel with and so i mean backs against the wall now it's, it's, it's no, no team in the wnba has ever come back down 2-0 in the finals yeah, yeah. and they won't yeah. this year yeah i don't think so <laughs> i don't think so either to be honest but nah, yeah won't. yeah well like i but said either way i guarantee you that the numbers are going to show that a lot of people have been watching it because yeah it game one was the most watched uh game i don't know if it was, if i remember correctly if it was nba finals i mean wnba finals game or at or least a wnba period. finals game one mm. um but it, it had the highest viewed in whatever particular category of those two it was ever. Like, it broke the record. The basketball that the Aces are playing yeah, right now. it's good product. It's gorgeous. It's dude. gorgeous. It's, it's good product. Poetry, bro. It's good product. Well, I'm glad the product is expanding when it comes to the WNBA at large. Um, it was announced last week that the WNBA is expanding to the Bay Area, our hometown. Certainly not mad about that. If there's any market that I think deserves one outside nice. of Portland where we are, it would be the Bay Area. And so I, I'm excited. For one, that expansion is happening. Obviously, that's monumental within the sport to be able to have this expansion. Um, obviously, now you're at 13 teams, which is an odd number of teams. And 
I think Portland and a lot of reports show that Portland is still the favorite to get that second expansion team to round it out and even it out and make it 14 teams, which I think should be the case as well. Um, how you feeling about expansion and how you feeling about our chances now that we're in a spot where we we see expansion has happened. It's been a conversation right. of years about the WNBA should expand. Well, now we've actually seen it happen. And Portland obviously is in the talks amongst the teams that can also receive an expansion team. Where are you feeling now based on just where the conversation is and the likelihood of Rip City being able to get a team here, you know, in the market? Well, first off, I mean, congratulations on yeah, the rich fine. the rich getting richer. That's beautiful <laughs> stuff right there. But no, nah, and, and they deserve it, too. I mean, you saw Joe Lacob come out saying we're going to win a WNBA chip in five, in five years. years. And which... that is the type of aggression that you need yeah. and that you would expect from a championship team. like right. that, Or from right. a championship city, rather. But I think to keep it as briefly as I can, like, we know that there are other teams that uh, are in the mix to get a, a WNBA team expansion. Uh and obviously, that's such a hyper-local thing. I mean, we know, Devon, you and I have the the distinct pleasure and honor of being invited to the summit that was orchestrated by Senator Ron Wyden, uh, inviting Kathy Engelbert and a lot of sort of basketball luminaries of the state uh, at the sports bra some months ago. Yep. And uh, so we, we got a chance to meet Kathy Engelbert. So when I, you know, with the brief interaction that I had with her and just listening to her talk and being around her, I... I wasn't uh, at all surprised that the expansion happened as quickly as it was. I yeah. mean, she, she's a, that's what she does. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, she yeah. grows companies. That's what she does. Right. And so I think that, you know, like I said, I can't speak for other teams like the Denvers of the world and what have you that I'm sure on their own fronts are making pushes to expand um, and, and get a WNBA team into their city. But <clears throat> the fact is, bro, is that the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And Portland has been loud yep. and, and long-winded about, place for about her, trying right? to get <laughs> a team. Get and it. so I think that it really makes the most amount of sense. You'd have to do a little bit of finagling with the conferences when you're adding two teams on the West Coast. Right. But, I mean, the numbers bear out. It makes the most sense. I'd say that Portland is as as ready, if not more ready, than any other of these teams in contention with just the purely from an infrastructure standpoint. Mm -hmm. It's real plug-and-play. Yeah. Well, well, and so it, I, I feel pretty good. And, and, I, and I hear the reports, as murky as they are, the sources feel like that if there's any one place in the front-running, it's Portland. Well, you talked about Engelbert and her growing companies, and obviously it, it makes total sense why you would go to a market like the Bay Area. You, you've seen – the 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 growth in the company that is the Golden State Warriors, you know yeah. what I mean. So yeah. it's like to go there to have Joe Lacob be a thousand percent behind it and seeing the Warriors were a poverty franchise when we were growing up in the Bay Area. Let's For just sure. call it what it is: the Warriors, <laughs> and it's now the shout out the, to Monte Ellis. It's bro. now probably I wouldn't say historically the richest franchise, but it's seen the most significant gap uh, from where it came from to where it is now Facts. in the last decade economically. And so that market makes total sense where the economic advantage here in this market is women's sports do better than just about any other market in this country in terms of the revenue that it brings in. So a WNBA team being here in Portland, knowing that the support for women's sports is as elevated as it is in this market in comparison to other markets, it only makes sense to bring a team here to Portland, Oregon. You've obviously gotten a lot of support from, you know, the political front with Senator Wyden. From what we saw, there was trailblazer support as well at where we went to when we went to that press or when Engelbert came to town at the sports bra, which obviously I think helped the WNBA be the first team to get expansion as being that their owner was all the way locked in with what they had going on. Like, okay, that's, that's a better sale yeah. for the WNBA to know that you have that going on. Obviously there's an ownership group here that's committed to this blazer team as well. I mean, to this WNBA team as well, if it comes here, um, I don't know if that, ownership group has as much cash as Joe Lacob when it comes to the world of basketball in particular because of Lacob being connected to the Warriors. But you know you got an ownership group here that's ready, that's locked in, and that's committed to making this thing happen. And again, you match that with 
the political support with the economic support historically in this market for women's sports, I see how no other market could be ahead of Portland when it comes to receiving an expansion team here. So yeah. I, I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. I mean, goes. it definitely it'll is. be here. I, I agree. <laughs> I think so too. But I mean, but but I think that 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 just the press conference, the optics, the the you know the sentiment that was relayed by that organization. I think that it really does need to be a top down thing. For sure. If it's gonna if it's gonna come, it's got to be all the way hundred percent from the tippy down to the floor. And so I really I and, and I and again we were there. We we talked to these folks. I mean, we saw Joe Cronin and them in there, and they were you know showing their enthusiasm. So. Yeah, I mean, I think it's yeah, probably going to come. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it'll happen. I think it'll happen. I, and I felt even better about it, not only from then, but I, I ran into Engelbert in L.A. when I went to Brittany Griner's first game back into the WNBA. And Engelbert was there. And then just being able to see, obviously, a lot of ex, the excitement was around Brittany Damn, you Griner. you ran into her? You had a lot of space I, on the I floor. Ran, I, I ran into her. Into her <laughs> I bumped into her, man. I bumped into her. You know, I, I had access. Yeah, I had access. Stretched so. down everything. Still <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I saw her there. And, again, just being able to see that product, because that was the first WNBA game I'd ever been to. Oh, wow. Which, obviously, again, the storylines were amazing surrounding it with everybody that showed up to that game. We talked about it on here back when it happened. Um, and, obviously, I wrote an article about it as well. Um, you have folks all the way up to Vice President Kamala Harris that was in attendance at that game. But at the same time, like, I think it aligned with the growth of the WNBA and with – sort of the social power of the WNBA. Because we always talk about the WNBA being first when it comes to a lot of things. This was one of those moments where I think the WNBA was able to flex its power to where it didn't matter where they were in terms of being the first to speak out. It was the collective muscle of the WNBA in unison deciding to speak out and support the release of Brittany Griner being back, uh, coming back and returning back home. And it ended up happening. And that a lot, there's a lot to be said about that itself because obviously they were able to get the Garner support for many others as well, but it was a collective voice of the WNBA that rose up and actually were very, very, very like a primary element of actually making that happen, and we saw actual tangible results come from that. So I think everything says that, you know, the WNBA is coming to Portland because Portland is also good in that arena as well in terms of, you know, standing for something. And so Portland's it all that, makes sense. Portland's building and rebuilding and building things up. So it's <laughs> got a G League team around, now. You know? it's all, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot happening. For sure, for sure. Um, but, again, that's that on the WNBA Liberty, figure it, figure it out. So I look like I know at least a little bit what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see no brooms, man. <laughs> I don't either. I didn't. I don't either. I, I expect this to be a historic series. Um, NFL. Okay, we five weeks in now. We're five weeks into the NFL, and how y'all feeling? Never thought I'd say it. Put your money on the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> Super Bowl futures right now. Oh. Oh, like that? I don't know what the odds are, but take them. With each passing week, <laughs> they are going to go lower and lower. That is the Super Bowl champion of this season. That is bold. They that is are complete. Take. They're a good team. With Brock Purdy they, under center. They're playing the he best football. never lost right a now. regular seat. Yeah, he. Yeah, I'm done saying he's made Brock for it. Purdy. He's proven. He's made for it. He's proven. He's made for it. I was saying the same narrative at the start of the season. He just asked our week five prediction. Brock Purdy is Brock Purdy. Yeah. It is no fluke. No, he's, that he's not Jimmy G. Play. He's not Jimmy G. He can play, bro. And that was hard for me to say. Brock Purdy can play. He can play. And, I mean, it doesn't even necessarily matter who you give Shanahan. He always finds a way. Deeper than that, but bro. It, but you're right. It is deeper the than change that. change he's of, legit. No. He's, he's on my fantasy Even deeper team, than him. I love it. When they really shifted is when they got CMC. Mm. That dude is yeah. a different football different player. He uh. makes running back position look easier than anybody in the NFL right now. He gets three to five just off of running hard. Is he leading the MVP race right now? Uh, no. I would say he's in, he's not. I say he's, he's in the race. In the race. He's in the race. He's leading it. 
I think you got some cra- Tyreek Ty- Hill numbers say, in Tyree the first Hill few. Is going like, nuts. I mean, the numbers are it's some crazy numbers this year. And some people doing Josh some, Allen is is, is still, back in that yeah. cover. Yeah, he's he Josh Allen, it, but it's some people above him. Even like it's some people that are overachieving right now. Doing, I think Diggs might be, it, which would make Josh Allen be in it by default. But it's like Diggs and Tyreek doing some crazy stuff at that wide receiver position. So. I I just think that the Niners, all the weapons. We just watched Kittle get three touchdowns for the first time in his career. You got Debo Samuel, who he's a, a beast of himself. I, I don't know if y'all seen, but Bosa, he is a freaking beast. Oh my gosh. That I mean, oh my that gosh. is inhuman. Dude. Oh my gosh, his arms, is like, the definition of his bruh, arms, is nothing you crazy. can do with that. He's you a machine. You can't, you know, he's a machine. It's like so, it's like. We got a version of that with Max Crosby over there at the Raiders. But it's like, these people are unstoppable on the line. So, well, Mahomes on both is obviously. Sides, well, and, and that Mahomes and is obviously. You can talk about the, the Eagles. You could talk, but again, the Chiefs don't look good. They don't. They, they, they <laughs> lost the game that they should have won, and then the wins haven't looked that same Chiefs dominance, you know? So, that. The Eagles' wins haven't been dominant either, the Eagles, but they've yet to lose. Exactly. They've yet to lose. But again, as I'm watching every game on Sundays, the most complete team in football. I mean, we've seen what they just did to the Cowboys, and the Cowboys beat a team 70 to 0 this year. Or something like that, didn't they blow somebody out crazy? That was my, that was no, Miami. That was Miami. Somebody, that was Miami. But, but the, Cow- the Cowboys, the Cowboys, the Cowboys the, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was the no, Broncos. They beat them. They beat somebody 10. crazy. Yeah. They damn near opened the season with a crazy blowout and right. then beat somebody again by a lot. So and they don't look like a bad football team either. And that's what I'm saying. Right. To be a decent football team and to get beat 42 to 10 like they just did, like they did that effortlessly, bruh. They like, did that effortlessly. They did that effortlessly. And, it wasn't a game. It does seem pretty like, I mean, the Niners are probably, I, I'll have to lean in and agree with you on that just because of how <laughs> close they've been lately of the last couple of years and the type of team they are. But, I mean, it, does, it doesn't It does seem as much of a foregone conclusion as the top two or three teams as we've seen <clears throat> over recent years. I think there's a lot of open guys are getting hurt left and right. And so you still got, you know. Y'all ever, y'all ever heard of Taylor Swift? Yeah, I think I might have heard of her once. She got a really long back. I just heard about her this football season for the first time. <laughs> She'll be at the Super Bowl this year in the same booth that she's been at all year long. Yeah, and, and Travis I still Kelsey got, will be sitting next to her. I'm not putting no. I still got my home. Hey, he'll be. I still got my homes to figure it out, man. Uh, I believe in my homes more than anything know, else in the NFL. Travis Kelsey is the whole linchpin to his offensive production. If if anything goes wrong, you for can sure. just dump it off. I'm to not. The big fan. I'm I hate to say it, but I think it's a unspecified injury still going on with Mahomes from last year. I don't think those ankles yeah. are in the greatest spot. And he, him being dual threat as he is makes him Mahomes. We know what he could do passing the ball to different slots and all of that, but I've watched him. They damn near won't even do a one-yard quarterback sneak up the middle with him. It's to the and you see a ginger moment in every single game that he plays where he does that little hop and grimace. And I just think this has been a lingering thing now for over a year. Well, that, listen, the that guys affect him. The guys played a lot of extra football over the last half a, half a decade plus. He's played a lot of extra football. What is it? Five consecutive. Uh, conference championship games. Obviously, been to a few Super Bowls during that period as well. One, two, went to three. Um, so, wouldn't shock me if that is the case because he has played so much football over the last five to six years or so. Um, but damn it, he always figures it out. He's lost some major <laughs> yeah. weapons. He does, too. but you're right. <laughs> he lost some major in this era too. of the QB, you have. <laughs> we to, said that last year. You know, that he, mean, he, lost, right. he lost all those weapons last year my, and went out and won a Super Bowl. Mike is, I mean, he's not concerned about it. He's the half a no, billion dollar not, man. So his his money is good for just for the rest of his career, no matter what happens. But it is a little bit of an unfortunate situation because when you look down the pike and you see, okay, well, there's a lot of really good young quarterbacks coming up. There's a lot of really good talent coming up, a lot of good rookies and stuff. I think that the Chiefs are probably going, yeah, did that ankle hurt? Yeah, well, don't tell me about it because we have to strike while the iron's hot <laughs> right now. Exactly. Every game you might as well treat as a Super Bowl because this is going to fall off a cliff at some point. And this is the first be- time 
that I've ever looked this up this year since we're talking about it. I'm on DraftKings right now on the Futures. The front runner for the Super Bowl at plus 350 is the 49ers. Yeah, they're, they're playing the best second, football in the league right now. Second is the Chiefs mm-hmm. at 550. Third is the Eagles at plus 800. And fourth, who would you guess? The Miami, Miami Dolphins. Dolphins. Plus 900. The yeah. Bills yeah. is the fifth. Miami I thought the I thought the Bills. But when you talk about weapons, I mean that team, if they have all of their weapons on the field, yeah, they're, good they're luck. They're loaded. Good luck. They're loaded. For sure. Good they're loaded. But good. remember I good said luck. it. We at week five. Good I got luck. the Niners to win it all. All right. Yeah, yeah, I'm who not. Y'all mad got? At you got Chiefs. Who you got? Who's your honestly, dude? Answer? I want to lean toward the Miami Dolphins because that offensive firepower is just so nasty. But when you got you a, go. what's his name, a chain or whatever, that dude just yeah, went down. Yeah. I, I, it sucks because that, injuries that happens to them a lot. Because those dudes, it's bound to happen when every guy on your team's yeah. running 150 yards a game. And it's I was like, about to say, yeah. when you're that explosive yeah. as they are offensively, like you're bound to deal with some players going down at some point sure. during the season because they just explode every single play damn near and like i mean with them it's, hard it's the to same thing like way. last year it's, it's like a, it's like a, it's like an a, a, an ultra athletic point guard in the nba we've seen russell westbrook deal with injuries we've seen derrick rose oh, deal with injuries we've rose. seen you know what i'm saying Tear like like miami to me is is that you know obviously as a collective i'm speaking to the individuals in the nba but um that characteristic of just being nonstop explosion isn't particularly the safest bet in terms of being able to stay healthy from start to finish as long as you need to be to go out and win a championship, especially. We'll talk again in week ten. I hope yeah. that when we talk again, <laughs> when we talk again in week ten, I'm, I'm I'm hoping that I'm number one in the fantasy league like I am right now. You're killing it, killing and I'm not at the least. Let's not talk yeah. about that. <laughs> Good vibes on. on this third oh, yeah. Friday. You're going off. You're going off. Um, what else we got? Drake. Have y'all listened to the Drake album? Yes. I heard, uh, what was it, 8 a.m. in Toronto? What was it? The, yeah, the one, single one that he dropped times with it. his son in the video. I heard that. I thought it was nice. But my problem with the Drake stuff is, and I always do this, so I'm going to give you guys the floor, but I always wait a couple of weeks because all of the discourse is so crazy that I always wait a little bit because I don't want to be influenced in that. by people's been opinions. consistent in that. That's in fine. That take. That's fine. I'm, I'm not that guy, but... You listen? Of course. All of it. Yeah. Yeah, me Top too. Top to bottom. Me too. Top to bottom. Um, it, it, it wasn't the greatest Drake project to me, for starters. Um, I, I'm... I will more so speak to some what some of the discourse is now is that he's not particularly like maturing as an artist, um, especially when it comes to where he stands now career wise amongst the greatest. When you usually get to the level that he's at, like nobody's been a hit maker like Drake has been, especially like within hip hop. But usually you get to a point where like be besides the hits, what elevates you beyond the rest of the field here. And in Drake's case, obviously, historically, we know that he can rap his behind off, but his projects don't always reflect that. We know he's come with some of the hottest verses that we've ever heard on singles, if you will, some of the greatest singles ever to come out of hip-hop, but the collection of a project, folks just aren't quite getting that feel anymore of him being such an elite rapper because he's kind of playing a younger game in a lot of ways, which Giffen occurs to that as well. Like, yeah, I want to hear Drake as he continues to grow as an individual and as a person. And I think there's a connection to that, that, that has, that what could make you attached to him and his artistry and him as a rapper, especially. Um, but also to see Drake be older and still reach back and allow his platform to leverage the younger artists that are in the game, to me, that's every bit as important. And we always talk about this old versus new, this young versus old within hip-hop and how detached they are and how the old heads don't want to bring up the young bulls. Drake don't got a problem doing that, and he's never had a problem uplifting other artists throughout the entirety of his career. So that, to me, has been very consistent and I don't want to start critiquing him now because he's taken that approach for such a long through the, through his career. I just know I'm not particularly coming to Drake for his albums, and that's okay. Uh, I, I can I can chime in. Go for it. 
You're the rapper here. I think that <laughs> you're the resident rapper. <laughs> I think Drake is such a big artist in the music industry that I think it's more of him being misunderstood than not delivering the greatest. I think it speaks more to what you said. Drake came into hip hop and music being this lover boy rapper already in with the industry type of person. He signed never, away. He signed a, you he know, young money. He never came in with the J. Cole rap or the Kendrick Good Kid Mad City type of rap. Right. So, speaking first to what you spoke of, he reaches back a lot and puts people on, boosts their career, like, he's, puts he's on in a major way. That. Like, he uses his platform to put so much on. He did it so for the Migos. On. He did it for, like, I mean, I can go I mean, on and on and on and lot. on. And I think because he came in as this lover boy, Degrassi thing, he's always had the narrative of being able to be attacked. It was people who would even argue as far as, you just said he could rap his ass off. Some people even went as far as say he can't really rap. Like yeah. this is the narrative in some I of the shots that ha- that has come at, at him at one point, not anymore. But yeah, I know the, what you're saying. I mean, it's still some people today that are stuck in that. That just ego aside, or I don't know what they're hearing, but it is still a narrative to a lot of people that he can Drake can't off. rap. He can rap his ass off. So I think that we just hear when you say when it comes to dropping a project, you hear so much crazy stuff. I think it's because. People come at Drake a little bit more openly than they would come at some of your street rappers or hood rappers or whatever that yeah. may be. But I think it's to the point where Drake is rapping about stuff that we can't relate to no more. He's in places and with females and seeing stuff that we can't even fathom, really, to yeah. be honest with you. He's Michael Jackson of hip-hop. <laughs> and and again, at... Not from an not from an overarching entertainment standpoint, I'm but as just far saying, as I mean, he's success, be, popularity, he he's that. In a lot of he ways. just and yeah. In a lot of ways, there's some similarities. Down to an example of him being 36, almost 37, and having intercourse with 25 year olds. What's the problem with that? Like you know what I mean? Just for lack of a of, of respect legal. on the podcast, it's, legal. it's like. It's legal. This is so how far people are willing to go dive in to criticize this man. Like yeah. a twenty-five-year-old, like thirty-six, ain't fifty. Women mature. Like? Women mature faster and than I, men. And this is the kind of stuff legal. that that the narratives come out from his album being dropped. Yeah. Oh man, Drake shouldn't be talking about doing twenty-five years. Like, bruh, this is crazy narratives because this man is such a big pop star that. He could give you some of this, and then he could give you a whole R&B album, and that might be the Drake that you know and love. But he can literally he could give you a Twenty One Savage collab album. Like, well, this this is I guess what would be my programmed. question. This would be the question to both of you because I think the the debate ultimately becomes, and especially after hearing the record that he just did with J Cole, Drake is the greatest artist to ever derive from hip hop. Is he the greatest rapper to ever come out of hip hop? And no. that's where I think no. the but but no. but I was, but like I think said, people bleed the two together. A rapper from the jump, but right? but he was but, a rapper singer guy. He's an artist. But what does it mean when you bring J Cole on a record and you're saying we're both the goats? What are you referring to? Because you're far and alone the goat when it comes to your artistry. You're not particularly that when it comes to your MCing, if you will. So now you bring J. Cole onto a record with you and it's like, okay, we the goats and we kind of doing this on behalf of the goats. Are you talking goats of hip-hop? Are you talking goats of rap? Are you talking goats of artistry? The goats of artistry. Drake does the music and all the other stuff. Let's be real. J. Cole doesn't. But that's my thing. But he's, but he's putting J. Cole on this pedestal with him as if because you know, he, we're the goats again, together. That's the that's the But re- I think that's what the people are struggling to differentiate here. What what are they struggling? In terms of Drake, the artist, not being as good as a rapper as J. Cole, but because we're having these GOAT conversations, but people aren't separating artistry from rapper. But they're saying we're not they're say, I think that that's where people are creating it being more of that's a I'm speaking to the narrative. To be that's what I'm speaking to is the narrative not them individually. Because we have watched Drake mature over the years. Hence why you said anybody in their right mind can't say today Drake can't rap. We used to hear none uh, 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 uh 
Bruh, we've watched Drake do stuff with Future, 21, Pop, uh, Dance, uh, Rihanna. Like, we watched him do everything. You can't tell me that we haven't watched the maturity of Drake. So if this is the fun 20-song project that Drake wanted to throw out, who's to say that he thought dropping this, it was his best... You know what I mean? You could get to a point, and that's where I think it's misunderstood. He might not be trying to make his best classic album he's right now. That's not, not the season that definitely he's in. Not. And then and then what'd he say? I'm gonna take a break from music right now after this. It could be true or not. He probably got a whole nother three albums stacked already. Definitely. But does. what he's saying oh, is I'm gonna take a break, you know what I mean, and focus on X, Y, and Z. We, health and all this everybody, exactly. everybody is selling off their catalogs and blasting through their contracts to get off all of the music that they are required by contract yeah. to fulfill. Bruh, exactly. Everybody's doing that. Mm-hmm. Besides, Drake except is Drake, not yeah, Drake ain't but, worried about it's but his he's, own. But he's still he's still he's, <laughs> he's still a part of a record label. He's in a league he's of still, his own though. You know what I'm saying? No, for sure. You know what I mean? So I just think we've already seen the maturity. We've already seen damn near every move you can make in hip hop and he stayed in the face longer than anybody until Kendrick last project he was damn near missing for 5 years besides a couple features with Baby Keem like that it's just real J Cole he said F it I'm going to do these dirty dreads and try to play, play basketball, basketball overseas yeah. like you know what I mean yeah. Drake been in it this whole time and like he said he didn't reach back and helped a lot of people's career elevate so I just, I can't really get busy with the negative narratives. I think that you can't ask for what you get out of a J. Cole from a Drake. They are two completely different artists, and right. he stayed with So don't compare. No, see, that's the point, don't compare. Don't compare. But exactly. I think that that's, that's kind of what you say when you're at the level of Drake, and you go, you know what? Let me get J. Cole on this. Yeah. I, yeah. That's saying, yeah. I don't care who you think is the best a, rapper. Yeah. I, I agree. It could be this guy. Who I cares? Agree. Yeah. And, and, I and Drake didn't try to out-rap he him. Didn't. He said no, he this, didn't. What did he say a bunch of times? Like, he did his own Drake stuff on there. Hey, I said, I see, my, my analysis of that, of that song is J. Cole was the better MC. Drake had the better flex. And that's and what, that's what I mean. it came like, down to. Oh, like like, it is cool what it with is. That. He's cool with that. So when you get yeah, on and you hear he all the of better this flex. Neg- he like, bruh, he had the better flex. I got on here who you said was the dopest and I still held my own on some playing shit. Right. You feel me? Damn near. Like, yeah. And so that's what I mean by that, bruh. It's just... It's it's easy to go at Drake with with negativity or with any kind of thing, but like he said, bro, we listened to that project from top to bottom fast, and a lot of the world did. And you can't say, oh, I didn't go to Drake to, for this album. Yes, you did. You're listening to it in its entirety, every feature. You're reading the track list, like. Drake yeah, demands like, a different level yeah, of, you know. We were, we were talking earlier in the podcast about hip hop sales being down. Like, yeah, he still sold half a million copies in the first week. Exactly. Like, what are we talking it's about? Drake, bro. So you know, it, you know, he. I I think he'd go in 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 the music, which industry, is down like, from. To be fair though, that's down from what he's accustomed to selling. No, for sure. Well, 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 you know what, dude? But you know what, though, <laughs> right. dude? And I saw this. I saw this being talked about on Twitter a lot when people were, you know, the, the, the argument is. Oh, he can't make a classic album anymore. It's like, first off, do you know how hard it is to make an album with bangers top to bottom, no skips? And then people said, well, how many rappers have three or four classic albums in their catalog? It's not many. It's not many. many at all. It's not many, bro. It's not many at all. And I I think that that is such an incredibly stupid standard to hold any artist you know, D-Boy, you're in the studio all the time. Right. Making music. You got dozens and dozens, probably hundreds of songs right. that no one's ever going to hear. Fact. It's really hard it's to really make songs yeah. that you have, you can bring me- people just into a room. Facts. After oh, a couple of days of recording, be like, okay, I had 40 heads in here and everyone Facts. said this is a slap. Nah. Then you got to release it and have thousands of people listen to it mm-hmm. and have and to all agree that it's a slap. It is not easy to make music, man. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not easy to make music, bro. Especially yeah. Making a classic album with no skips. I don't expect anybody to do that in this game, especially with the fact that you have to produce. Like the, it's so instant gratification, and the world moves so fast, especially in music. It's yeah. like, dude, that would just be impossible and then, to be like, okay, release two classic twenty song albums every year that are all perfect. And, yeah, and to right. Be, and to be honest, and there's no knock on nobody because success is success, but. Some of the features that he reached backs and grabs is what makes the project sound less mature. 
not necessarily Drake. Like, you're not going to expect to hear a Jake Hulk and Sexy Red uh, collab. But you're getting that Drake and Sexy Red collab a few times. And I think that that's and I think that that's a strategy. I like I think that's a strategy that Drake knows that he's doing. I don't. We know Twenty One Savage. He could say some very simplistic, monotone rap sometimes. But Drake knows that around the world they eating this up. They loving these Twenty One Savage and Drake collabs. Oh yeah. yeah. So he plays into it. But again, (laughs) Drake gonna do Drake on these projects, and sometimes the feature might immature the record a little bit. And that's that Drake willing to go for that because he knows the the duality of the you know beneficial on both ends. There'll always be room for <laughs> criticism for Drake because he can do so many things and he can cross so many yeah, lines but that most artists just cannot. And he's able to be successful in all of those I, lanes you know, in the way most artists cannot. And so you'll always be able to find a criticism of him if he's not giving you what it is that you like him for because he can do so many other things. The the one thing that I will say in support of the argument is that I can kind of understand where like a Joe budding comes from when he gets on his podcast and criticizes that, like you do have J Cole, you do have Kendrick Lamar. You do have these guys that are making these like incredibly important musical records, but they're also like social records. You know what I mean? There's commentary on the world. And I think that, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And it's like, Drake, you definitely have the capacity to do that. And I think that it, it, it's, not, it's not an unfair thing to, no. for somebody to be like, I want that out of this Let me say this last, let me say this last and, and example. I, I, yeah. With Kendrick's last project, how many songs from that project is still on the radio today? None. Maybe one or two. None. None. No Kendrick Lamar songs right now is in rotation from that project on, on the radio. Hmm. I say all that to say... It was a big talk about, oh, he's the greatest rapper and story. Like, sometimes that don't translate. Drake is giving us diff he's giving us moments. He's giving us captions. He's giving us vibes. You know what I mean? And although the artistry of what Kendrick Lamar does is we're not discrediting that at all. Mm. But you can't ask for that out of Drake. First, he might not want that. Yeah. He might not want to get that That's serious. He might, like Drake is get he knows what he's good for and he's playing into it over and over and over. Hence the word programming. So I, I think we might as well stop expecting something that he's not he doesn't want to give and isn't gonna give, whether we think he could do it or not. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Well, I let the two music experts close out that topic. On that note, we're going to leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and go win. win.